Welcome to Group Talk, a monthly podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program. Welcome to Group Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the Small Groups Pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, we all know that it's really important that we take time to care for our souls because we can only lead in healthy ways when we are in a healthy place. But it's so easy to get caught up with the demands of our ministry and life that we can end up neglecting our own spiritual health. And this is not only true for us as individuals, it's also often true for our ministry teams as well. So if you lead a staff team or volunteers or maybe a blend of both, you want to make sure that um, the people on the team are spiritually healthy, that they're refreshed and energized and at their best. Um, And in order to have that, we need to be intentional and invest time and energy toward that goal. And a great tool that helps us with this is the group retreat. And summer that we are now in June is a great season to have one. So this month we're focusing on team retreats and we're going to do this in two parts. In the first part of the program, we'll be discussing why retreats are helpful, how to plan one, the whole process from developing a vision for what you want to accomplish, how much time you need, and the essential must-haves or the must-dos related to a successful retreat. And then on part two, we'll discuss specific tools and resources and tips on activities, really practically speaking, on what are effective things that will provide spaces where your leaders and your staff teams can be refreshed and energized. And so for this conversation, I am so excited to talk with my good friend, Amy Jackson. Amy, thanks for being on Group Talk. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So, well, Amy, your your name is familiar to many of our listeners because you were formerly the editor at smallgroups.com from Christianity Today for many, many years. Um, and you were part of the small group network from our very early years. But she is now currently the founder and the director of The Perch, which is located in Aurora, Illinois. And The Perch provides space and skills for soul care, especially for church leaders. I know you specialize in church leaders. Yes. Is it because we have more need? <laughs> uh, you know, I think I just have a soft spot for the church leader because I've been there and I know how desperately I needed the soul care. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. this is true. And so that's why I love your resources because they really do speak to kind of where we as um, point leaders live. <laughs> um, <laughs> Amy's passionate about helping people to live healthy, thriving lives of purpose. And she has a master's degree in Christian formation and ministry from Wheaton. So Amy, let's start off by defining what a retreat is and what it is not. Um, and when we talk about a retreat, what are we referring to? Yeah, great question. I'm so glad you brought it up because I feel like I've been hearing people use this uh, term retreat very um, generously (laughs) (laughs) when maybe what they're really talking about is a development day or Mm -hmm. a leadership training day, which those are great things and really important for ministry as well. Um, But I think when I think of a, a retreat day, I'm talking about something that um, it's actually going to leave me feeling a little refreshed and refilled and invested in, in a way that, um, actually leave feeling better off than when I, when I came in, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, it's going to help me be encouraged to connect with God, connect with myself and, um, walk away a healthier, stronger leader. Um, yeah. And, and that may include some skill time. It may include some training or vision casting. Um, but the primary focus is going to be on, on rest and refreshment, um, so yeah. it's kind of like a group Sabbath. 
Yes, that's a great way to put it. I think, uh, you know, actually getting that time away to rest and be and be reminded of what's most important in ministry is so important for our leadership. And do you think, since we called it a Sabbath, do you think it um, makes that much of a difference if, say, I go away, just me and Jesus, and we have our Sabbath versus I go away with a team, with our ministry team? Yeah, I think both are so important, right? Um, going away by ourselves is so right. good. But I think there's something about coming together as a group and being reminded that we're part of something bigger uh, than just us and Jesus. That's always a good thing to be reminded <laughs> of. Um, but also, I think there can be themes and topics that come out when we come together around, especially around a specific right. ministry like small groups, where we may um, begin to reflect on our leadership or our ministry or what we're doing and in new ways that we might not do just on our own. Um, we might learn from one another That's or hear true. from one another um, and be inspired by one another in kind of some unique ways. Yeah, and I think it also feeds into kind of the relationship building. Um, not necessarily in a strategic, like, development sort of ministry way, but more just the personal, interpersonal relationship building, because you get to hear a little bit more of people's stories and, and where, what God's doing with them, which then softens their hearts towards each other. So I think they're helpful for um, that unity, uh, which then propels the strategic stuff uh, that comes afterwards um, much more quickly. Absolutely. I think one of the best things that can come out of a retreat day is that uh, the people that are there feel seen and heard and valued just mm. for who they are. And so I think that that is huge for relationship building um, yeah. and for unity and for actually coming together around a shared purpose and shared mission. Um, we feel like individuals and not just cogs in a wheel. That's great. Yeah, that's a really good word. Seen, heard, and uh, valued. That's really important. Okay, so I'm guilty of having done this where I fit too much into a quote retreat and I've mashed it. I saw, I'll typically do, um, you know, some things that are kind of soul care ish and then I'll throw in the strategic visioning thing at all. And I think over the years I've learned it's just better to keep them a little bit separate, but I know I try to accomplish um, too much and too short of a time. And I think we're kind of guilty of that. So how do you help? Uh, groups and te uh, staff teams or volunteer teams, how do you to get clarity on um, what the purpose and vision of that time together is? That's so good. And I'll just admit freely to you that I am totally guilty <laughs> oh, good. of that. Oh my goodness. Like how often do we get our whole team together, yes. right? Or our whole ministry uh, team or group. I mean, and so we get, we're like, we got them together. We have to do all the things, yes. all the things right now. Um, so I think it comes from a good place. We want to maximize that time. We right. want people to feel like it was worthwhile. But what I often find is that ends up feeling like a whole mishmash of things that mm -hmm. doesn't actually feel all that worthwhile. Yes. Um, and it just kind of lacks clarity. And I know as an attender, you know, I go to those types of events and then I leave and be like, I, okay, I'm not sure, <laughs> I, you know, um, and so I've let those events and wondered, huh? Okay. What all, this was too much yeah. of random things. Yes. Also, I'm just like really optimistic about how much I can fit into yes. a time amount amount. And so I feel like I always, uh, over plan. So one really good leadership skill that I have had to learn is cut whatever I think is possible in about half. Wow. <laughs> <plan on> that. <laughs> That's probably a really good practice. Oh. Yeah, which, you know, it's always, I think, you know, for my own sanity, I always have a couple extra things that like we could do if the time allows. Mm -hmm. um, but what I what I almost always find is the half of what I think actually fits in that time is what fits a lot better. Okay, that's a good tip. All right. So yeah. plan it and then cut it by half. Um, how yeah. else do you work on clarity? Here's some questions you ask 
um, yourself or when you work with uh, retreat teams that you um, have them ask about what they're looking for? Yeah. So I think, you know, like I said, we go into them with such optimism and so much hope and we have a million things that we could do. And honestly, I think it's first good to just acknowledge the things that you're thinking of are good things and, mm-hmm. and maybe you should do all of them with your team at some point, but probably not all in the same, <laughs> same time. time frame. <laughs> um, and so I always talk about, you know, if, what is the one thing that if you walked away and only one thing got accomplished, what is that one thing that you would be proud to say, you know, this was a success, this was accomplished. Um, and that can be different for a lot of people. And even that's still pretty vague. (laughs) It might be hard for you to narrow down. Um, but that can might start, get the wheels rolling a little bit. Um, so what's that one thing that if it was the only thing that got done and you walked away from your retreat that you'd say, you know what, this was a success. We accomplished that one thing. Um, another way to kind of ask something similar is I would ask what can't be done in any other setting. Hmm, So for instance, I think a lot of times we're tempted to do a lot of information sharing. Yes. uh, Anytime (laughs) our groups are together, our teams are together. And so we spend an amazing amount of time going over dates that are coming up or change in schedule or where they can find a certain resource. And I always think, well, that can be done through email. That can be done on a handout as you leave that day. That could be done um, in a a million different ways. Um, And so what can, what can only be done in that setting Mm -hmm. um, and can't be done in another way is another way to maybe start narrowing down. That's a great question. Um, Yeah. And it really values the time of the people who are there. Um, because they realize this is this matters because only this could only happen with these people in this space and time. Um, so that's really good. All right. So what are some ideal things to include if you're gathering your say your coaches and your um, let's say not and you know they can be volunteer or staff um, and your staff team um, that's responsible for the small groups ministry and whether it's three people total or whether it's thirty people. Um, what are some ideal things to include in, in that setting? Yeah. So I always want to keep in front of uh, my mind, and I said this earlier, but what are the things that will make people feel most seen Mm -hmm. and heard and valued? And so that comes down to the relational, more relational things. So one big thing that I think is huge to include in a retreat setting is time for celebration or thanks and specifically Mm -hmm. thanking leaders for things that they have done. Um, not only does that kind of bring us together in that unity, like you were talking about where we feel like we're in this together. Um, but it's also a genuine spiritual practice that we're called gratitude. Yes. (laughs) So what a great model that we can do that with our teams and show them what that's like. And it's a great way for, um, for people to actually, again, feel seen and heard. Um, I've seen this done sometimes I'll, I'll be at an event and I'll see leaders kind of say, go ahead and share at your table, something that you think is going really well in your group. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's okay. That's great. Um, but I also feel like it puts us in an awkward position where we have to like toot our own horn and we're like, Mm. um, well, I did a great job making this curriculum, (laughs) Uh, you know, whatever. (laughs) So it's kind of awkward where I think in a retreat setting, I would love um, to see more and more people. Uh, have either a coach or an upline or however you want to, whatever you phrase that person um, to actually call out what's happening. So I could say, you know what? I just noticed Carolyn did this amazing job putting together this curriculum this semester. And this is how it impacted my group. And thank you so much. Cause I know the hours that you had to put into creating that. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but, you know, I think that there's something meaningful about really uh, intentionally thanking people and not just the sweeping, thank you for being right. part of the ministry. But to be but really specific. specific. Oh, you know, it just reminded me. So last time our, um, you know, when the small group network communications team, which is the bloggers and, and the podcast related things, um, and the social media team. So there's like a dozen or more now. Um, we got together actually Derek, who oversees that team. He actually had some time. He opened with a time of, um, you know, brag on each other. And mm. so we, um, talked about somebody on that team and we only see each other face to face once a year at most, but most of the time we interact via, you know, email or, or um, phone calls. And so it was actually really sweet because some of the specific things were things that you wouldn't have remembered about yourself. And, um, there was just so much grace and it just softened the, the floor for what came next, which is okay. So what, what things are working, what things aren't working, um, which is a necessary conversation we need to have, but it was sweet. He took a chunk of time and had people affirm one another. Um, and I think, you know, that's great for small groups in general, but even on the staff team, I think I tend to think if they're, um, at the coach level or above that they kind of know, they know that they're doing a good job and do they really, whereas when I meet with our small group leaders, I'm like, super effusive about thanking them um, and a little less so with my staff team. So I, here's just a learning I'm just feeling very um, convicted by right here <laughs> is that I need to do more of that or have do it, do that with one another in the way you're, you're describing. Um, and I think that would be very much an affirming exercise. Um, so that's a must do. Okay. What are other must do's? <laughs> Yeah, I think um, another thing that can be really great during a retreat setting is time to um, honestly welcome and invite people to dream and brainstorm mm. and contribute and give feedback for your ministry. Um, I think sometimes we can get like really tacti- like tactical with this and say like, yeah. you know, we want three things about this particular thing. And, and that could be part of a retreat day. Um, but I think kind of inviting your team into that mm. larger vision and what's happening. Um, again, not only kind of breeds more of that unity and helping people feel seen and heard and valued, but genuinely gives you great ideas. True. <laughs> so, true. <laughs> um, my only caution to this is I have seen people do this where they don't actually want the feedback. Like, you know, they oh. say, let's think about what can happen in in the fall, but they've already got fall all planned out. Um, and you can tell in how they respond right. to the, you know, what's being given to them. You know, there's a lot of like, Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's move on. And you right. know, not real honest, open, uh, receiving of that feedback maybe. Right. So unless um, you genuinely want it, probably shouldn't ask for it. Yes. Maybe skip that <laughs> over. <laughs> but I think this can be a great place for that, especially if it's uh, very focused on, you know, dreaming about your ministry and what God's doing and how do we lean more into what he's, what he's doing here and what we're doing well. That's um, that can be very exciting and enlivening, but also refreshing where people kind of feel like they're part of it. Right. Um, now, how do you feel about having an outside speaker versus not? I know people in small groups ministry have done it both ways. Um, the benefit, the, kind of the comfort of having an outside speaker is that then you feel like you're a little off the hook. Um, yeah. and, and whether it goes well or not is a little more dependent on this paid outside person. But at the same time, you lose a sense of control too about how things are going to go. So I don't know. Do you, do you have an opinion about which is preferable in a staff a retreat? 
That's a great question. I think I've seen it done well both ways. So I, I want to just say, say that, like, I think an outside speaking can be really helpful. Um, but I think it depends on what our goals are mm. for the day. Um, I also think that we can be tempted to just kind of lean too much on that outside speaker yeah. and trust that they're going to figure it all out and trust, um, that they're going to hit all somehow hit all of our goals for the day, <laughs> even though they have no idea what, what our goals are. Right. For the day. Um, but I think a really wise way to bring in an outside person is to say, you know, we really want to, um, for instance, I, I think a big part of a retreat should be time where you're, teammates can have time with God and connecting mm -hmm. with God. And so maybe there's someone within your church that's in another ministry or an outside person that really has a skill or has some insight that can bring that and really bring something that you can't offer your ministry yourself. Mm, that's good. Um, I think that's really helpful. Or if there's some type of training, um, I know we said not to lean heavily on training, but I think a little bit of training can be part of these days. Um, and if there's some type of skill or some type of thing that you really want to help people understand, um, to bring in an outside speaker for that portion can be really, really helpful. So just um, being really clear about what you want them to do, um, yeah. and accomplish. And, and I think, you know, cost is often a factor with having an outside person. Um, so sometimes it's, it's doable to have someone internally that may, as you said, have a different skill set and can be good yeah. just to come along. And the nice thing about having someone say, you know, from the team or a volunteer, you know, maybe a therapist or somebody who normally kind of is in your, your sphere that would do it as a ministry is that then you as the leader can also relax and kind of, um, yeah. be part of it rather than have to lead it, which I, that's, I usually can't rest when I'm the one leading the thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's actually a really nice gift to have when you can be part of it and kind of take that leader hat off. Um, and that's possible if you have somebody else in charge. Yes, absolutely. Which would also be a great argument for having someone come in to facilitate even a portion mm -hmm. of your retreat, because then you get to kind of sit back and actually see what happens right. and be part of it rather than always be kind of leading and on for the day. Right. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about how much time this requires. <laughs> we already confessed that we try to fit in too much. So is this even doable in a half day, like three, four hours? Is it doable, Amy, or is that not? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it is. I think, um, but we have to be very realistic about what we can accomplish with that amount of time. <laughs> okay. Um, so for instance, I actually lead um, quarterly ministry leader retreats at The Perch and we do nine to 1230. So that's, that's a pretty oh, short- okay amount of time. Um, but the only thing that we're accomplishing during that time is there's a very brief teaching at the beginning, 20 minutes tops that kind of sets us up with a topic or theme. Mm -hmm. Um, and the rest of the time is actually given to the leaders with, um, with lots of tools and ideas, uh, but just given, given to them to spend with God, to connect with him mm. and to reflect. And so, uh, for instance, our last one we did was focused on healthy leadership. So the teaching was on healthy leadership and then all of the kind of optional activities that were laid out and given to people kind of centered around that theme. Um, so there were different assessments you could do or cool. different practices around that theme or different Bible readings, um, or even just, we are located near a river walking path. And so mm. people got outside and just kind of reflected on what they were feeling God prompted them with. And so, um, when you think about that, so I, 
you know, a little bit of an opening, about 20 minutes of teaching and the mm-hmm. rest of the time right. was just theirs to be and to experience and reflect. And so, um, I don't think, you know, if you have only three and a half hours, you, you have to be realistic with, right. <laughs> with what you can, right. Right. Um, so maybe a, so if you had a full day, what would you add to that? So you would do that sort of thing for the half first half and then for the second half. Yeah. Great question. So I think when you have more time, you can do, um, a mix of types of things. So you could have much more, you could actually have worship time where you're mm-hmm. singing together as a team. You could have a more group spiritual practice kind of things where you're doing more together. You can also maybe slip in, um, a little more of like some, spe- some specific training or time to brainstorm right. or that celebration time. Um, I love doing retreats that have a natural, uh, division point. So what I mean by that is maybe the morning, um, we spend kind of doing a little bit of group worship, a little bit of that brainstorming time, a little bit of teaching. We have lunch and then the rest of the time is a shift where now you get mm-hmm. to spend time by yourself or with a partner or whatever mm-hmm. doing that reflective time. Um, it helps kind of usher people into that reflective mm-hmm. time um, more naturally. Right. And so I think that allows you to, to slip in some of those other things that we were talking about um, without feeling like you're overloading them. Right. And if you feel rushed, that kind of defeats the purpose of the thing. Uh, So you almost don't. And if you're going to do a full day, then it'd be nice to add dinner and kind of fun chill time at the end. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love, I love having time to debrief after Mm. activities to be able to say, okay, now let's come back together. What, what do you feel like God's saying to you? What's standing out to you? Um, mm. especially for those extroverted leaders <laughs> that need to talk. Who, yes, they need to talk. It's, we love them. Um, <laughs> and we love those people. It's really important. Um, and so to allow them some time to, to put into words, maybe what's been kind of percolating. For you them. know, I love that because not only cause I'm a verbal processor, but because it's, I've been in places and events where things are like impactful and then I get in a car and I drive and then I'm, I'm kind of now swallowed up by my other obligations. Um, and there's without time to kind of synthesize and coalesce that into, um, you know, into my thinking. So by actually building in the processing time at after the exercise or after being apart, like you're much more likely to then remember it. And it feels a little more complete um, than it's like it's like going to a conference and you have a conference book full of notes. But unless you've actually spent any time like processing it, I try to use the time like if I'm on a plane on the way back. Because I know that once I, I get back, I'm just not going to have time to sit and reflect on all that. Um, and so I, I love that idea of building it into the day. I think that seems like really good um, time well spent. Yeah. And honestly, so I'm, I'm much more introverted. And so sometimes I'm always, you know, I'm always thinking like, well, how does this impact different types of leaders and different Mm -hmm. types of people? And even as an introvert, if I don't want to share a lot during that debrief time, even just hearing what other people are synthesizing and how it's hitting them Mm -hmm. can help me with my own synthesizing internally. So, um, I think it's a really worthwhile practice, especially if we've done something as a group together, um, to then kind of, close out that day with 
what's what's happening? What's right. going on here? Let's think this through. Yeah, and that debriefing also gives you some common language to work around. Um, so you launch into the ministry afterwards, and now when someone says you get some inside jokes, but you know, there's just again the sense of unity, but some common language around this is what when we talk about this, this is what we mean, and now we've all kind of heard that, and it's, so it's kind of cool. Um, all right, so let's talk uh, logistics with our remaining time. Yeah. Where does the location matter? Mm, this is such a good question. I have to say, one of my pet peeves is going to an event and realizing that the person has not thought at all about the <laughs> environment. <laughs> and obviously, this is my like you know full time gig, so I think about this a lot. Um, but I think that our the environment that we set up is huge, and that doesn't mean that it has to be expensive or fancy. Um, but I think setting the tone. So as soon as you walk into the room, you know that this is going to be a time for you to be refreshed. And so things that we can do, I think one, getting off site is huge. Yeah, um, yeah. Getting to a just even another building or another place right. that you may not normally right. meet um, absolutely sets the tone for the day. I think making sure that there's a lot, there's plenty of space so people can spread out. They don't mm-hmm. feel overcrowded. Um, even thinking through like if you um, – where you're sitting, if you're sitting around round tables or if you're sitting in desks or what that looks mm-hmm. like, um, desks automatically make yeah, us think. it's true. <laughs> learn, right? So right. Um, I knew someone, they were they were regularly renting a community college locally that they would rent some rooms during for their kind of staff things. But you're sitting in like a classic college desk <laughs> and then you're like, well, what? So yeah, so thinking about that, having comfortable things, I think mm-hmm. even this sounds so, so simple um, and is totally a small group tip in general, but having something for people to have in their hands. So having mm-hmm. coffee or having tea or having <laughs> a, you know cookies out or whatever it is um, just helps you feel a little more, okay, I'm here, we can relax and... Um, yeah, there's something I can do with my hands. <laughs> so we should think we should think through the location, the environment. Um, and you're right. right, it doesn't have to be expensive. It would be nice to be at a beautiful, you know, place by the beach. But really, even just um, disrupting our routine by going to a different room that we normally don't meet in might be enough. Um, so there's good options to think about there. Um, and as far as, you know, I said summer is a good time just because most small group ministries, at least in North America, we tend to take a little bit of a lull in the summer. So that's usually the planning season anyway for fall. Um, so do you agree? Is summer a good time? I do think it is. And I do think we have to have a little grace because obviously summer can be a busy time for families, mm-hmm. for vacations, for a lot of other things. Um, but I do think we naturally are taking a break it, we already have some disruption to our schedule, to our routine. It naturally fits in with that. And, um, yeah. And not to mention the weather is usually <laughs> that's true for outdoors. <laughs> I think it's nice to include some outdoor time somewhere. Yes, um, absolutely. and we've actually done it even in, um, someone, one of the congregation members homes that that's just nicer or has a nice yard or something. Right. The idea is really that just to get away from our routine, um, seems to be sufficient for that. But yes, the, the weather. I didn't even think about the weather. See, we're in California. We just don't have to worry about that part of it a whole lot. And then finally, like, how do you, who do I include? Um, what's your thought yeah. on this? Is it does it work to mix staff and volunteers? Does it is there a certain number that we shouldn't exceed um, for good dynamics? What what are your thoughts? That's great. I think. Um, oh man, I mean, you can easily do a retreat with with everybody, right? Like your mm-hmm. staff, your coaches, your individual leaders. Um, so I think it goes back to those questions around what are we trying to accomplish? 
Um, what is the goal here of the day? I think if we really want to make leaders, individual group leaders feel loved and cherished and, you know, that this is important, we want to you know, invest in them. Um, kind of narrowing it just to those leaders is really important so that the coaches then can be investing in them or, or doing those mm-hmm. celebration things or whatever. Um, but I also think there's real value and we cannot forget to do things that are just the staff team, just mm-hmm. that kind of core team. Because like you said before, I think we easily get into like, we're the ones always putting on the things for mm-hmm. everyone else. Right. And we really, really have to remember to take that time for ourselves. And sometimes we need that time by ourselves, not with all of the leaders so that we can actually be honest about what's going on or struggles or, um, just, it's a different dynamic when you're Mm -hmm. a maybe full-time or even part-time staff person versus just a volunteer. Right. That's, that's a really good point to consider, not just what do you want out of the retreat, but also, um, who do you want around the table that would facilitate that reaction? And I think it depends too, like the staff thing for sure. Like say your church has gone through a seasonal transition, um, or you have a lot of new staff or there's, you just need some time together. Um, so that's a good time just to maybe just to have staff or you've onboarded a whole bunch of new coaches and they need to bond with one another. So it'd be good to just be intentional instead of just automatically wanting to, you know, maximize again, (laughs) everyone and everything to be intentional about who needs to be in the room for, for that to happen. Um, so I love that. So those are some of the logistics and, and this will conclude our part one, Amy. So in part two, we'll talk about more specifically about practical tools and resources um, that you can use during that retreat time together. Thank you so much for listening to Group Talk, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much to Carolyn and Amy for a great part one. We're really looking forward to part two, and it's always a treat having Amy on the podcast with us. Now, before we go, let's talk about Accelerate. Accelerate the health and growth of your small group ministry by attending one of our Accelerate small group workshops. These workshops can be found all over the country and are designed to help you and your leadership team build a 12 to 16 month strategic plan for your small group ministry by going through the 20 questions every small group point person needs to know. You will finish the workshop with a strategic plan in hand and here are a few Accelerate highlights. Accelerate DC is coming up August 5th through the 7th and there are less than five spots left. Accelerate Ohio is coming up September 16th through the 18th, and early bird price ends June 26th. And finally, Accelerate Atlanta is coming up October 21st and the 22nd, and the super early bird price ends June 26th. Make sure you visit smallgroupnetwork.com slash events to register today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you later on this month. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.